Sup Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Again, I said already in the episode, I'm sorry we did not get a stimulus package in this week. I've been terribly busy. But I think you guys will like this, Matt, and I just ripped it for an hour and a half. A lot of topics, meandering conversation. We tried to keep it positive, kept meandering into negative uh, topics, but I think you guys will like it. Uh, and to the QA non-crowd, we got on the QA non-topic, believe it or not, at some point, hey, I will eat crow if I'm wrong, okay? I'm, ideologically, I think I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys, but you'll hear it. You'll hear it. This episode of Tales from the Crypt was brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. You guys know all about them. Our boy Matt O'Dell, uh, American HODL, and Keep It Simple Bitcoin uh, actually used one of their open source tools this week, Caravan, uh, their open source multi-sig tool, to engage in a in a bet. Uh, Matt is uh, a, a key in a two or three multi-sig uh, setup uh, in case Keep It Simple Bitcoin or American HODL vouches or uh, vouches that's not the right word uh if they if they flake on the bet matt is there to sign uh the bitcoin that is in escrow right now uh on the bet via caravan to move that bitcoin to the winner uh that that will be uh happening on october 1st i believe the price of bitcoin has to fall believe 38.20 before then for keep it simple bitcoin to win and if it stays above that price until uh, October 1st, American Hot is going to win. But don't forget the technology behind it, Caravan, which is uh, the open source multi-sig tool that Unchained uses for their Vault products. So if you want to go to Unchained and have them be a key in a multi-sig quorum with your personal stash, they can do that via their Vaults. Uh, again, they use the technology behind Caravan uh, to set up a multi-sig quorum where you hold two keys, Unchained hold, holds one. If you need to move that Bitcoin, uh, you can always move it by yourself out of the vault. Or if you don't have both keys on you, Unchained is there to sign for you. On top of that, they have their loan program. Friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin. Uh, you can uh, use your Bitcoin as collateral, collateral, collateral to get U.S. dollar loans and liquidity, uh, same-day liquidity. Uh, via Unchained. Then on top of that, again, they're working on more open source projects beyond Caravan, including Hermit, Slip39, and their blog series. Gradually then suddenly, um, Drew's working on Hoddle Waves, Joe Kelly, and Phil Geiger, and Will Cole are all are also putting out some great content as well. Go www.unchained-capital.com, www.unchained-capital.com. Check them out. Breather break. This episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is also brought to you by our good friends at the Cash App. You freaks already know all about them. They're helping you stack sats. I messed this up in the episode. You'll see it. They're helping you stack sats, not sat stacks. Okay? You're, you're sat stacks. You're not statting sacks. That's what it is. You can stack sats via the Cash App. You can send sats, receive sats, sell sats if you so please. Then on top of that, they have Cash App investing now. If you're buying the dip in the stock market crash, you can buy the dip and you can buy slivers of stonks while you're while you're buying the dip. If your favorite stock is still too expensive after this stock mark stock market, I can't speak. I'm sorry, freaks. Stay with me though. We're gonna get through this. 
If your favorite stonk is still too expensive, even after the stock market crashes, you can buy a sliver of that stonk as little as $1 via Cash App Investing. And because Cash App is directly connected to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting periods to start investing. You can start investing today. Uh, Cash App Investing is a subsidiary square and member SIPC. As always, as always, if you have not downloaded the app yet, use the code STACKINGSATS. That's one word, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. Not that dirtbag owl, but our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. <laughs> Download the Cash App today. Enjoy this episode. I think you guys will like it. Take care. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. Boom. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap. Sorry we didn't do a stimulus package episode this week. Uh, I was pretty busy. Ooh, ooh, we popping bottles? Breaking open cans, too. I was going to not drink. Uh, I was going to try and get a workout in, but then Matt and I were just talking t- for too long. Pre-record, and I said, fuck it. Let's just drink. Cheers, freaks. Yeah. there's somebody. Somebody called us out for drinking too much, so we should take a month off. It made me want to have a drink. Me too. I've been drinking pretty heavily during this quarantine. It's not think, not, uh, not recommended by the who. Look at me. <laughs> Fuck who? I, I tweeted that out. I had a uh, middle of the night baby wake up feeding, and just tweeted out ignore who. Triggered a lot of people. I just liked all the people who asked who question mark. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Yeah, as I was mentioning earlier, sorry we didn't do a stimulus package this week. I was, uh, me particularly, I was extremely busy. Did not have time to record on Monday night. Um, But since we didn't record Monday night, we got a hell of a lot on this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Before we dive into everything, let's do a little check-in on Clark Moody's Bitcoin dashboard. Um, Right now, we're at block 624,000. Uh, 881, I believe. I just stupidly uh, exited out of that dashboard as I needed it. <laughs> we were at block six, 624,118. A little dyslexia there. Price pumped a little bit today. We're at $6,800, right around $6,804. Or $6, we got uh, up to 7200 I believe, at some point today. Give me that green hammer uh, candle. Let's get it. Let's get it. I'm not going to jinx anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Maybe that's what we'll open up. Bullish. Is the uh, is the uh, the price prediction bet that you are a part of. And you you didn't make the bet. You are an, an arbiter. We'll talk I, about it. Yeah, I got pulled uh, in. I got roped into that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mining stats, hash rates above 100 exahash a second again. Um, block times are at 10 minutes, 44 seconds over the last 2016 blocks. Since the last 
epoch since last week's difficulty adjustment blocks are coming in at nine minutes 27 seconds so uh the network seems to be calibrating after that huge downward difficulty adjustment uh we are officially how many blocks from the having let me check 5,882 getting closer getting closer less than 6,000 blocks away from the having uh fee rate ratio right now is 2.53 percent so it's lower than it was last week it was in the three and a half percent range last week um but it's above one percent which it hasn't been for for quite a while so it's consistently staying above one percent 2.53 percent right now Things are looking healthy. Things are looking healthy. Bitcoin is still working. Blocks are still being produced. Peer-to-peer distributed tr- cash, digital cash transactions are still being uh, enabled by the networks. It's beautiful to see. Uh, someone said on Twitter, I, I guess Bitcoin's an essential service. <laughs> I think it is. It is funny. Like, what is essential these days? Like where I am, there's... The people across the street are putting a pool in. That's getting built right now. Are pools essential? Yeah, I no. They're a good reservoir for water, for drinkable water in times of crisis. If you don't use chlorine. Yeah. yeah. Our boy Surfer Jim, he went out and did a little uh, citizen journalism, videotaping people doing uh, essential work on the highways in New York. I believe some. We're planting trees and others were making a bike path. And it's just weird how, uh, what gets labeled as essential and non-essential. Yeah. I mean, I, I, outdoor work should definitely not be halted. This is, you know, I, I think I look, I think if, if everyone covered their face, we could, we could have a lot more of the economy running right now, which is why it's so weird that masks are still being not only are they not being recommended they're being like disrecommended people are being encouraged not to wear them yeah the surgeon general came out that's actually i just saw crypto graffiti i think his next piece is just like a an artistic play on that surgeon general tweet like embedding it in cloth within a mask like don't wear a mask the medical professionals need them maybe that's where we'll open up is the you know, confiscation of uh, is it K K ninety five K N ninety five mask, which is the Chinese K N ninety five mask. And mm-hmm. I mean, N ninety fives have been confiscated too. Um, the FDA has upped their uh, their policing at the border uh, at customs for masks coming in, um, and it's, like to sell directly to hospitals requires a bunch of different certifications. Uh, and like red tape to get them to hospitals, um, especially the KN95 masks, which are not FDA certified. Um, so they're supposed to be comparable to the N95s. Uh, in practice, they're probably a little bit worse. Um, but, you know, supposedly our nurses need masks. Uh, and so something is better than nothing, clearly. Like that's a very simple, logical point. Um, and the KN95s are plentiful right now. So people found a way around it, and they were donating them directly to nurses, um, which I, I actually met this guy online, Crypto Lixen, at Crypto Lixen, uh, and he works for Cobo Vault, a hardware wallet manufacturer over in China, 
and he was in Shanghai and had connections with the factory owner there. Um, so through Twitter, we coordinated 5,500 masks, I think, coming to the States, most going to nurses. And for that, you had to keep everything under 1,000 masks per box. Because if you did anything over than that, it was going to get seized at customs. Um, and I like, that's just fucking ridiculous. Like, wh- how, how the hell is that happening? And how are they stepping up enforcement of that instead of, you know, even if they're not going to remove it, like, don't step up enforcement. Don't increase, increase the enforcement instead of reduce it. Yeah, it seems like uh, an okay time to turn a blind eye and be like, all right, I didn't see that. Like, it's infuriating right it highlights the ineptitude of these government agencies and they really don't care about the people at the end of the day they just care about walking the line the letter of the law and how it was written and i even saw we were talking about nurses desperately needing this did you see the video of the nurse in chicago who had to quit she wound up quitting she wasn't fired but she quit because the hospital and she was working and wouldn't allow her to bring her own mask. Yeah, she brought her own mask and they wouldn't let her wear it. And they were like treating corona patients. Like that's so fucked up. And then meanwhile, people are trying their best to get KN95 masks in. And and then other times they get through and then the hospitals, as you just said, won't let them use the KN95s. They say they're not certified. You can't use them. All right. Anybody out there who's thinking this way? and you're listening to this podcast, take a step back, take a deep breath, and realize what the fuck you're doing. Like You are allowing words on paper to overcome sensible, logical action in a time of crisis. Like, what the fuck? Use your fucking heads. And then, like, the other thing is, like, people always, you know, even even in times like this when, like, masks are super needed and people are, I think people should be making their own and, like, you know, any kind of face covering, I think, helps everyone. Like, the more people... Like, if you go in public, you should should have a face covering. And then we get the privacy benefit of, of the of, with facial recognition and whatnot. Like, you shouldn't need an excuse to cover your face. That's a, it's a good thing. Um, but then at the same... And then you hear people say, like, oh, like, yeah, but Chinese standards are bullshit, right? And, like, there's two things. It's like, first of all, most N95 masks are made in China, and most of the ones that were ramping up production are coming from China anyway, uh, even if they're N95 certified. And then the second thing is, is, like, Chinese people wear so many more masks than us. Like, out of all the standards, like, that's one of the ones that I'm like, you know, or at least, like, they know to make a comfortable mask. Like, they wear them all the time. That's what they do. That's, so, like... If you're not going to wear a mask, comfort does increase usage. Yeah. Did you see the video of that Chinese mask factory where they were like rubbing their feet on it? Yeah. You know, it's the internet, man. You're going to see like the worst of the worst. You just got to. No, I mean, hope it happened here in America too. Right. Yeah. It happened at the Amazon factory. Some douche was spitting on everything. Yeah, and then there was like, there's like a bunch of kids that got arrested for like going to Walmart and stuff and licking all the stuff. Why? Why are people? I mean, we were talking about this too. Why can't anybody be civil? And we were talking about it in a different context. But like, where where did civility go? Can we try to be civil with each other here? I think. Look, I think there's a lot. It's too much to ask. I think the overwhelming majority of humanity is great. Um, I think we just, you know, the bad apples get more exposure. 
Uh, they're louder. The internet amplifies them. You know, engagement is high on those kind of things. Um, it's like uh, like a principal at a school usually knows like five or six kids on a first name basis, right? And usually those kids aren't the best students in the class. They're the worst ones. They're the ones that are always in his fucking office because they did something wrong, right? Like those are the people he knows by first name while the overwhelming majority of them, he has no fucking idea. It's like that. I like that. I like that. That's um, that's good. Um, and then I like that analogy. And, and then we were talking about it too before we hit record. Um, and like this crisis, hopefully it, it really highlights the need to be prepared for the next one. Like uh, we were talking about something that James O'Byrne shared on Twitter. Apparently there was a department of defense, um, department of defense report that came out in 2017 that said, Hey, potential next big crisis in the United States is, uh, is a respiratory pandemic virus induced respiratory pandemic. Uh, maybe we should create more ventilators and obviously that didn't happen. That's really uh, a cause for a lot of the problems right now is lack of access to ventilators, even though there are some now, but if things get too bad, we may be short. Um, and then mask as well. Hopefully we, uh, we are able to up production of that. And, and then there's going to be a big push. Um, there's going to be a big push to hopefully bring stuff home, uh, production home to America to, to make more of these masks as well. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, maybe a, a lot of positives will come from this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we don't get hit so bad here and it acts as like a, as a, you know, a, a warning shot, a wake up call to people. Uh, and they respond better next time that they keep masks already, you know, that they just have them stored and ready. And, and like, we should never be caught in this situation um, where you decide who like that, like who is wearing a mask in this type of situation. Everyone should just have access to them um, if they want to wear one. And, you know, I just, I, I just wanted to reiterate like how grateful I am that, that people like Lixon stepped up in China and accelerated a lot of these shipments and got them over here um, when they, when they're so sorely needed. So uh, it's just pretty cool to see. And I know a bunch of Bitcoiners that went through Lixon as well and got, got uh mass for, you know, nurses they know in the, in their areas. Um, and it's just really cool to see like Bitcoiners uh, step up in these times of crisis all around the world, step up and, uh, you know, just try and help where they can help. Yeah. Um, no, it's great to see. We've had a lot of crisis talk in the last couple of weeks. So that's all we'll talk about during this episode and try to keep it more Bitcoin focused because there's a lot of Bitcoin news to talk about, actually. Um, one of one piece of news, which I thought was extremely encouraging earlier this week and maybe one of the most bullish developments I've seen in quite a long time is the, the launch or the announcement of a spec that's been created via the Lightning Network, LSAT. Um, LSAT stands for Lightning. Um, I always forget the S. Service Authentication uh, Tokens. Lightning authentication Tokens. Um, so this is, if turns out, if it turns out to be a working 
the spec turns out to be a working product, uh, which Lightning Labs has released an implementation of it. They're looking for people to help test and review it. But it is a new protocol standard for authentic authentication and paid APIs, um, which leverages the widely underused HTTP 402 payments required status code. So this is a very interesting development. So when HTTP was developed and the internet stack was developed, we have all these codes. We know it was a 404 error is when the server is not responding. 403 is another error. And then uh, this 402 error was created uh, at the inception of HTTP, um, which they envisioned that there would be a digital cache that would allow people to exchange value via the internet, via HTTP. And that 402 status code has never really been put to use because there hasn't been uh, a digital cash system that made this viable up until now. So it seems that Bitcoin is really fitting in uh, to the internet stack pretty innately and filling, fulfilling that role of digital cash that the creators of the internet saw at the onset of the internet. Yeah, I'm, you know, I, it seems really promising. I, I like the idea that you can just get an API access to a premium API and just not have to give any personal information over besides your sats. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, Matt and I were talking about this before. We don't know how private it is, uh, in terms of your node, like are you going to share a public key and dox your public key throughout the whole experience? That's my real um, question. Cause the public key is fixed, right? So I'm curious, uh, if, if the service provider knows your public key. Yeah. So if anybody working on lightning is listening to this and knows the answer to that question, please let us know on Twitter after we post this. But of course you again, can very promising. You can spin up as many lightning nodes as you want. You could use private channels, you know, uh, not be not, not broadcast, but I'm just curious. I got to look into yeah. that. No, nah. I am as well. But yeah, the, the things that this enable is pretty pretty incredible. It's just the uh, the Lightning Network payable web that I think Willa Byrne described when he was last on this podcast is coming to fruition if this actually works. So it uses HTTP, Macaroons, and Lightning. Uh, that's basically the stack for LSAT. Macaroons basically allow you to give granular permissions from your Lightning node. So... If you're a developer uh, making API calls that cost money, you can set a threshold at which to automatically just pay those, so you don't have to manually do anything. Um, if you're uh, making, if you're climbing up tiers of API calls, if you're a company that uh, is climbing from a lower tier to a higher tier, instead of having to do that manually, you could do that automatically. So, um, just creating a a more seamless uh, experience on the web. Which would be which would be dope. And then next on the docket is Breeze. Breeze point of sale mode. It's this a new is pretty tool cool. For the day after tomorrow. Why don't you jump into this one? Well, we've talked about Breeze Wallet before. It's probably the most user friendly mobile uh lightning wallet, uh non custodial. Uh, they provide liquidity to you automatically, but you can tell in the recent updates that they've set it up so that hopefully they want 
other plug and play liquidity providers to step up to the plate. So they're not always the ones opening the channel. Um, we have a guide to breeze on TFTC.tv guides. Um, but this is a option in that wallet that turns it into a point of sale with permissions on terms of if the person holding the point of sale can actually send the money or not, they can only receive if, if you want them to. So, you know, you have an iPad lying around because it's iOS and Android. You have an iPad lying around or an Android phone or something. You can install Breeze on it, uh, automatically get lightning liquidity based on them as your liquidity provider. And then you just enable point of sale mode and you put in, you know, the different things you're selling and you have like a little touch screen lightning enabled point of sale unit. Pretty fucking slick. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely in the midst of all the chaos of this virus spread and the economic slowdown, things are getting built. I was, yeah, again, like this coupled with LSAT getting dropped this week. Uh, people are, are very hyper-focused on the macro and geopolitical uh, scene right now, but it seems like the Bitcoin developers and Lightning developers are, are getting shit done, which is which is very uh, promising. And I was like, I saw a tweet on, I saw a tweet the other week, last week, I believe. Somebody was like, "Is anybody else like having problem being productive during this? Even though we're all work from home and like have more time to focus." And somebody responded with, "Yeah, we're actually like, it it, does, it makes a lot of sense that people can't focus on their work, or some people at least. I've actually been getting a lot of shit done, but." Some people can't focus. Super it's like, productive. Yeah. It's like uh, there's some sort of, I forget, I don't know the psychiatric term, but it's like you're getting attacked by a bear or you were just attacked by a bear and your senses are just like, oh my God, what just happened? And you're basically just looking out the horizon for any bears that may come and attack you again. So with this virus right now, a lot of people, even though they're working from home, uh, they're just, again, they're, they've got a fear enabled reaction, uh, and that's enabling or not in allowing them to, to pay attention to their work. So be mindful of that. Uh, if you're out there and you're finding it hard to concentrate, uh, just sort of realize how your, your mind and your psyche is reacting to what's going on in the outside world. Maybe turn off the news one or two days a week, probably more would be healthy. Well, I should have the node guides up soon, the first of the node guides. So if you want to build a node, that's a good use of your time as well. Uh, I finally, today, the last remaining part of my what I need for my my node showed up. So I am plugging that in tonight and getting that ball rolling. I'm going to start syncing the blockchain tonight. Oh, that's something to talk about. I have my my node fully set up. It's pretty slick. It's a pretty slick little uh, software package. Um, I what's really just understated and cool, like it has all you know, it has all the lightning things in it. Um, we'll we'll talk about it plenty more, but it you know it has the samurai tool set in there. It's got Dojo and Whirlpool, but it's really understated and really nice. Is it's got this uh, Bitcoin Explorer in it? And uh, mempool, a local version of uh, mempool.space. And like, that's fucking fantastic. I don't know, it's just great. It's just like, got your own little blockchain explorer there. Super easy to do. Anyone can do it. Um, I think that's a big deal. 
but anyway, uh, on the negative side, now I have to wipe my setup my node and start again for the guide. So that's the step I'm on right now, freaks. The 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 lengths at which Matt goes to provide this these resources for you, freaks, should not be under understated or underappreciated. It's not hard. It's not easy work. Excuse me. It's hard work. And thank you for doing that. And with that being said, when you do wipe it, make sure you download version zero point two point zero zero of my node, which they just pushed. Um, oh yeah, I already. This week. I already have yeah. that. I so with my node, you need if you if you pay for premium, you get automatic updates, um, and premium is ninety nine dollars. Well, you don't get auto updates, but you get like you click update and it updates. You don't have to flash the SD card separately and do it manually. Um, so I decided that I think the guides will be based on you paying the $99. Because I think for most people, um, that's a major draw that you can just update all of the different packages by clicking that button. But I'm a little bit torn on that. So if you have a strong opinion one way or the other, freaks you can mention in the comments i guess i could i could do both but i you know i want to do the other node project i have a long ass list of guides so i have to figure out how i'm going to organize this shit no i think i'm going to pay for the premium service as well but is there a trade-off there if you're allowing them to do that or would it just be the same you'd still be you're still downloading, downloading the, the update from them like you should look at the code right um but uh you're still downloading it from them. They just automate the process in a button click, right? You just press upgrade. It, as long as it, the real problem is when it's like an auto update, um, and and it and it just the update gets pushed from the server and just updates automatically, and you don't actually have control over saying yes or no, um, is a, is there like a major attack vector, um. Because you can just have a malicious update just get auto-loaded on a bunch of devices all at once. Um, so you should be, like, cautious with these updates. You know, I I have to think more on it. But, I like, I don't necessarily love, like, the threat modeling of, of the average person using a MyNode um, from, like, a security point of view. But that only really becomes an issue if... Uh, becomes an issue in terms of mostly the the lightning wallets you know like if if you keep a lot of lightning funds on it i'm not sure if i you know i i'm not sure if that's the best option to keep like large amounts of lightning funds on but that's you know that's always a trade-off that you're worried about in terms of lightning because it's hard to back up uh and it is a hot wallet are you worried about uptime or just exposure? Yeah, I'm. You know, as someone who's like not like a fluent programmer or anything, um, I'm not sure how much I like trust the whole setup. Uh, I I don't. It just it it's it seems, um, I, I like when it, it's an it's a Swiss Army knife. Right, it has all these different packages that are all running there, and you can like, you can. It's like a nice, really easy point-and-click interface. But for a lot, when you're talking about security, it's nicer to have a streamlined 
uh, like very transparent process, like a very simple uh, thing that's going on that you can understand better, right? And that has like limited attack vectors. So the fact that it's a Swiss Army knife also makes it, uh, you know, like like it, it's great that it makes Dojo easier to run. It's great that it makes Whirlpool easier to run. But I think you end up, I like, I think I would prefer to end up in a situation where I'm like, you're running a my node and you got your blockchain explorer, you got all these different things on it. Swiss army knife, it's an Electrum server, all this other stuff. But like for my samurai shit, I'm like running a Ronin dojo, right? And that's like a dedicated piece uh, that runs in the command line. You like see everything that's happening. You, you like, you know what's going on. There's like, there's more eyes on that specific element looking at the code and doing all that stuff um then some like a, a a massive project that's got all this other shit in it you know what i mean yeah but don't they run ronin on my can't you run ronin on my node no they run dojo and whirlpool but like ronin is a separate project dedicated yeah that's yeah. just like a dedicated ras pi that has your samurai stuff on it it's the same hardware um just a different way. So you're worried it. about just just multiple multiple software packages running on the same device, maybe it just seems like, interacting yeah. with each other. It's just like a bigger it's a bigger attack service. I remember like I said to Keto Miner when he came on the podcast with Askwu um back in Bitcoin twenty nineteen. Um and I said like I want all the things on the noddle. Right. And he responded back. He's like, Matt, everything you add increases the attack surface. Like you have to be very careful, like what you're adding, how many things you're adding, how often you're updating each individual package, um, you know, and that adds to this attack surface, especially if you're not a fluent programmer, you can't like go in there and inspect all the code yourself reasonably. Uh, so it's just something to keep in mind. Um, I'm going to think more on that anyway. So you'll hear more about it in the guides. Really like my note, yeah, though. And I'm, I, I'm not. I don't want people yeah. to think I'm like being negative on my note. I for forever the going recommendation is like not to keep large amounts of funds on hot wallets, right? So if you're not if you're not doing that, if most of your funds are are cold and offline and not on the my node, then that doesn't matter, right? But if you have funds on the my node, either in Whirlpool or lightning, um, it becomes a bigger concern. That's all. Yeah. But if you're running my node, you have an Electrum personal server on there, you put your cold card, a cold card uh, pub, uh, you, you dump your pub keys from cold card in there and you use that only for Samurai uh, just to coin join and then move your coins to your cold card. That seems like a good use case, right? Yeah, I mean, if you if you use a cold card or, you know, and you're just using Electrum personal server and your keys are on the cold card, uh, then it doesn't matter. It, it shouldn't matter if the my node is compromised or not. You know, that that's yeah. not a... It's when you store funds on the my node that you got to all of a sudden you have to worry about it. When you store funds on any of these nodes, you got to worry about it. It becomes a, another thing that you have to be concerned about. Yeah, but that's that's what the main thing I'm looking to get out of this. I want to download it, get Electrum personal server, uh, get Whirlpool running and just 
Whirlpool. Obviously, it'll be hot while it's in Whirlpool, and then uh, dump a cold card XPUB key into Electron Personal Server and and feed my CoinJoin UTXOs to that. Send it straight to cold storage. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people want to do that. Um, I, you know, I th- the samurai guys seem to be going back and forth, but they might, you know, have a like a mix to hardware wallet, uh, coin join to hardware wallet option, where you put the XPUB directly into samurai of, of cold card and or anything, and then it goes that way. Um, but you know, we'll see if that happens. I'm. How could you do that without exposing your XPUB key to them unless you're Well, running. no, you just expose it to your dojo, your own node. If you're running yeah. your own dojo, it doesn't matter. Instead of using... But you can do that on... You can do that on my node, right? No, but imagine... Yeah, of course you could if you're running dojo on my node. But like, imagine in the Samurai app if you could just put in a hardware wallet XPUB, right? And then after each coin join, like each UTXO hit a certain amount of rounds, like a predetermined amount of rounds that you chose, it sends it to the next available wa- address on your cold card, right? Because it could do that if that'd it be, had the XP. That'd be pretty dope. It'd be nice if it was integrated. Yeah. But there's, it's an interesting dynamic with Whirlpool because they have the free... Uh, the 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 you get you can be in as many coin join rounds um as you like once you're in without paying additional cost because your privacy is best if you just constantly are in whirlpool and you don't you don't move out into a hardware wallet so there's like uh there's it's a there's a balancing act there yeah yeah totally no i agree it's fascinating it's all so fascinating. And speaking of Samurai Whirlpool, make sure you download the latest versions of their GUI and their CLI version 0.10.1 for the GUI and version 0.10.3 for the CLI. Um, those are dropped. Any any groundbreaking upgrades in those updates? They're just it's a lot faster and smoother. Um, those are for uh, CLIs if you want to run it twenty four seven. And then the GUI you can use to connect to the CLI, like you run it on a like little Linux box, the CLI. The GUI allows you to connect to it and have like a desktop interface to your coin joins. But if you you can also use the GUI in standalone mode, but then it doesn't run twenty four seven. It just runs when your computer is open. Um, yeah, but it's a lot faster, especially the Tor connection, which is good to see. Bang, bang. And Whirlpool also Stank. finished out March, uh, fifteen hundred and twenty-three Bitcoin total volume, uh, like massive. That three X. Yeah, massive compared 3X to the last couple February. months. February. Mm-hmm. And it's going strong right now too. The last the last two days have been strong. So, this is me predicting that uh, April is going to blow that number out of the water. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I'll be contributing to that within. Uh, the next few days um yeah massive things going on massive things going on throughout the crisis things are just getting built things are getting done bitcoin developers are getting funded bitcoin bitcoin bitmex research uh dropped a a great analysis piece on uh the amount of exchanges and disparate bitcoin companies i guess we'll say that are funding 
Bitcoin developers. Uh, and so Blockstream, Lightning Labs, Square, Crypto, MIT, DCI, Chaincode, Purse, DG, which is Digital Garage, uh, Async, Bitfinex, Zappo, Hardcore Fund, Private Donors, BitMEX, OKCoin, BitC, and Bull Bitcoin uh, are the only Bitcoin-focused companies out there uh, supporting Bitcoin core developers. Uh, Blockstream and Lightning Labs lead the way with Square Crypto in third. Uh, the order at which I just read those out is the order in which they're supporting devs. Um, but it seems like 1623, uh, 41. Wait, Marty, you forgot to name Coinbase. How many How many devs is Coinbase funding? Oh, I didn't forget. They're not on the list. So they're not, they're not funding any. The, most, the quote unquote most important company in Bitcoin, not even worried about Bitcoin. I bet Brian Armstrong would fund it if, uh, if, if there was a Bitcoin classic implementation that, that made it to market. I, that's, I don't remember. Did they, did he ever fund any of those guys? I feel like he would have. Uh, I don't remember. I can't, I don't recall off the top of my head. Uh, maybe if this was Bitcoin, Bitcoin XT, he'd be funding it, you know. Toshi, though. He had time to fund Toshi. That ever, how'd that pan out? You remember Toshi? The uh, Ethereum, the Ethereum browser, right? Yeah, it's huge now, isn't it? Aren't people using it all the time? Didn't they acquire the other one that was beating them? I don't remember what it was called. Uh, I don't remember either. There's another one that had all the market share, like all of the little amount of market share they both had. They bought it. All the 10 people? Yeah. All the 10 active users? Anyway, that was a positive story, and I just like switched it to a negative slant. So, I mean, it's great to see all these fucking companies... uh, contributing to Bitcoin development. Um, and BitMEX must have taken it as inspiration because uh, they just renewed and increased uh, their grant for uh, the core maintainer, Michael Ford, uh, which is really good yeah. to see. Shout out, a.k.a. Fanquake. Um, and Fanquake, he's he's the Australian farmer as well, too. He runs like a uh, an AI-run farm in Australia and just... I think he's well known. If I remember correctly, I could have the wrong core dev in my mind. No, I think you're right. Apparently, but he's also apparently like insanely uh, too weirdly fast at uh, marking pull requests and and commits uh, and and labeling them. That's what he does mainly: is help label and organize all the all the commits and pull requests in the core repository. And he does he does it at a speed that that astonishes people. Apparently, love it. I, I just shout out to Fancurry. I just think it's you know, like Bitmex gets such a bad rap. I mean not on this podcast, but uh they're they've they've always been good to Bitcoin. You know, and it's just this is just another way they have been, so <clears throat> They have, but um somebody pointed out to us the other day, I think they're having some blowback from their their matching engine problems that, that happened on March twelfth. When that caused a lot of liquidations, I think they've seen a mass exodus of like sixty or excuse me seventy six thousand Bitcoin since uh, since that happened. Yeah, Coinmetrics released a, a report on it. Um, I mean, they still have oh, they officially released a report. They were sitting at all time highs before Bloody Thursday, uh, and now you know a lot of people move their their Bitcoin off the exchange. But but there's still 
they're still close to all time highs. Like if you look at the chart, it's still, you know, number go up. It's, it's, they've just been gobbling up deposits. Uh, I always joke Se- around 70. 70- no one withdraws from BitMEX. It's a one-way street. You send it in, you get liquidated, and you never have to withdraw. So it's a it's a feature, not as a bug. Bit, as Bitcoin Tina would say, you get your nads ripped off. <laughs> I'm telling um, you, I want that that green green hammer candle that that Bitcoin Tina likes to talk about. Feels like the time is right. Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin Tina, are you bullish? I'm just curious. Um, now, but seventy six thousand Bitcoin is pretty material. It's nothing to scoff at. No, but look at the chart. Let me. All you listeners out there, you know, pull over your car, and type in CoinMetrics blog. Why what are you in your go? car, freaks? You should yeah. be self quarantining in your house, in your pod. Stay in your fucking pod. The freaks don't. The freaks don't play by nobody's rules. Let me read it first. Okay, it's coinmetrics.substack.com. Oh, is it not? Did they write a report on it? I wasn't yeah. sure if they did. They did. It was on their Twitter at least. If you look at it, it's not that bad. It's 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 overstated. Bitmex still like dwarfs everyone else. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, though. Um, yeah. You can move uh, on gonna, to the next gonna, topic, and I'll, I'll pitch Well, we're not going to move on to the next topic. We're oh, going to interrupt the topics. It's right there on the top of their hey, Twitter. On If you go to twitter.com slash coinmetrics, um, I'm going to copy it for Marty's benefit and drop it in our TG message. They still have a lot of Bitcoin in there. See, it's like it's a big drop off, but that's a huge drop off, dude. That's material. It's like one, it's like almost one third of their holdings. But they're like now they're back at like July twenty nineteen levels or whatever. August twenty nineteen yeah. levels. Well, it is crit. Well, that's actually funny if you're looking at the chart. Look at the exponential rise right before the fall. That's what I'm saying. It like peaked real hard. Oh, you know, why do you think that is? People are probably trying to cover and add to their margin or cover their margin. Ooh, I like that theory. That's And then it came in late because there was a lot of, uh, chain congestion. So, and also BitMEX is down. So they're like trying to cover their position and then they immediately withdraw after they lost their money. Yeah. That's a good theory. That makes sense. That might have happened. Stay humble, stack sets. Um, this is true. This is true. Stay humble, stack sets. And we interrupt our topics. We got a shout out this week, bro. Oh, fuck yes. It's a good one. I uh, always blush when I read these because I feel weird reading them. But cheers to you guys helping bring change to the world. Brick by brick, bottle by bottle, brisket by brisket from your freaks in the Texas Citadel. So shout out to our freaks at the Texas Citadel, whoever you may be. Wherever you are in Texas, thank you for the shout out. We really appreciate it. Cheers, freaks. Um, love the shout outs. You can give shout outs if you want to. If you want to get shouted out or just leave a message that you want the other freaks to hear, tftc.io slash contribute. Citadel theory has completely been validated over these last two weeks. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Coming around to it. 
I think we're going to see a hastening of the of the dawn of citadels because of this crisis. Well, that's what freaks. Uh, you'll be very excited to hear that Matt and I recorded with Alex Gladstein from the Human Rights Foundation yesterday. We got on this topic a bit, but like I said yesterday, and you'll hear this tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna. I think we're gonna see like a, a mass balkanization of even the U.S. Like. Uh, you'll hear it in the podcast where I give a greater explanation, but long story short, I think a lot of people are discounting the potential for people to lose so much confidence in the government here in the U S over the next 10 years. Uh, everybody thinks that, uh, the government's going to clamp down on Bitcoin, clamp down, clamp down on a bunch of stuff, but I'm not so sure that's going to happen. I think people are going to lose so much confidence and we may see uh, the breaking up of the U S into smaller, uh, nation states. I could see California breaking off, Texas breaking off, maybe the Northeast. Who knows? Marty tries to use every synonym possible except say the word Citadel. That's all he does every time. Yeah. Nation state, small citadels. But like, can you have a citadel the size of California and Texas? A citadel is what you make of it, you know? Citadel is an idea. It can be, they're going to come in many shapes and sizes. Yeah, yeah, but don't discount that, freaks. That's uh, what's the quote? Um, what's the quote about like weeks happening in decades, and then a decade happens in a week or something like that? Was it the le- gradually Lennon, then right? suddenly? Yeah, gradually then suddenly is the gist. Like things could happen a lot faster than people imagine or expect, and I think we may be at the precipice on, uh, of an inflection point where. Things happen a lot faster than people expect. It's like we, I, I we're mean, describing, people describing earlier, like the rent, the rent strikes alone, like scare the shit out of me. People, uh, like, do people not realize like all the rich people are in their citadels right now? They're just shitty sh- citadels. They're not good citadels, right? Like the the rich people all like flew into Jackson Hole and went out to the Hamptons and went to all their different. Uh, like Martha's Vineyard and shit. They went all. They all went to their like rich, secluded houses. Um, that's like, that's the beginning right there, and it's just gonna, it's just gonna go from there. Yeah, we shall see. They're gonna uh, realize all the things they're see. missing right now, and they're gonna iterate. Yeah. Yeah. All the uh, all the liberals up here in the Northeast are are very hard, hard pressed to find guns. They're they're asking questions about it. They're definitely looking for some. All-time high monthly sales, right? Ever? Last time was when this number two time. When Obama. Yeah, it beat that time, Got reelected. The month after Obama. Yeah. 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 Which is pretty crazy Um, because, like, look, I, uh, there's a lot of corollaries here with Bitcoin, right? And, like, also the scramble for physical gold. Like, you know, the haters will say it's all priced in until one day, you know, everyone's scrambling for it at the last minute instead of, you know, slowly stacking sats before it. Yeah. You shouldn't yeah. be you no, shouldn't be, be buying guns like on the dawn of the crisis, you're, like your first gun ever. You should like be prepared and have guns and know how to use them. Same with yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah, imagine. That's like, and Yeah. That's you should be hitting the range, knowing how to use your gun. I just imagine a bunch of people buying guns and ammo, 
and just like getting robbed and not even knowing what to do with them. They're just sitting in the corner, get used against them eventually. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what's worse about this time than uh, when Obama got elected. Because when Obama got elected, my guess is like a lot of people went out and bought their fourth and fifth guns, you know, and stocked up on a lot more ammo. But this crisis was the first time I saw like a lot of people that had zero experience with guns go out and buy guns. And, you know, so now we got like a lot of bored idiots that have their first gun you know, without a job. So it should be interesting to see how that one plays out. Uh, God damn it. I'm going to keep it optimistic. I'm going to focus on, on Bitcoin. Let's, let's circle it back to Bitcoin. <laughs> this, is, this is a really cool project from at OpenOMS or OpenOMS on Twitter, O-P-E-N-O-M-S, a multi-location backup scheme. It's a spec. It's released on GitHub. It seems pretty cool, though. I was going through it earlier uh, basically would allow you to securely back up it's basically like a multi-sig for a seed phrase you get two or three kind of reminds me more of shamir's but yeah some similar idea yeah. multi-location right um but the idea is that for most people's setups they use multiple locations but it's only one person accessing it um so multi-sig really gives you advantages when you have like individuals holding keys that are going to do their individual signing processes and stuff. Um, but if you have one person who is, you know, actually going to restore that backup, uh, this is a very clean, elegant way of doing it. Um, with existing hardware, like he puts, he basically uses a seed as a passphrase as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And he's got tutorials for cold card, Join market and LND. Um, so these are three packages of cryptographically secure backups where uh, the funds cannot be recovered from any single package but can be recovered with a combination of any two, like we mentioned earlier. So go check that out. We're going to link to that. Um, He's looking for feedback. Shout out to OpenOMS. So read it. Um, I need to read it better and give him feedback. And shout out. Definitely to give him, him feedback. Because he's awesome. He also sent me, uh, so I have the Crypto Cloaks case, um, but he sent me that dope ass Raspi Blitz case uh, that his his shop sells. Uh, it's, it's metal. It has like a screen built in. It's like fucking sick. Uh, so I will be showcasing both of them in the guides. So big thank you to him for that as well. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry I was checking notifications while you're talking there, but I think this is important to bring up. Futurism article, Kentucky. God, we were trying to stay positive, but it's hard when, when this pops up. Kentucky is forcing coronavirus patients to wear ankle monitors. What are your thoughts on this, Matt? Oh, shit. The freak should listen to um, tomorrow's podcast. We kind of talked about that. We, we talked about that ahead of time before it actually happened. With Alex. Yeah. So here, this is on Futurism. An ominous scoop by the Courier-Journal, a local paper in Kentucky. Judges in the state are ordering coronavirus patients to isolate a demand they're enforcing by making them wear ankle monitors. I don't like that. As if they were under house arrest. Uh, the home incarceration program is well suited for this. Amy Hess, Louisville's chief of public services, told the pa paper it provides us with the proper amount of distancing. We can monitor activity. The monitoring device gets affixed to them to make sure there's no further affecting 
the community. Bracelet uh, bracelet seems cumbersome. Why don't they just they should just implant a chip like right under the skin. It'd be a lot cleaner, a lot uh, less cumbersome. That'd be <sighs> There's no I'm not difference between the bracelet. Chip freaks. There's no difference between I'm a not, bracelet you can't take off and a chip that you can't take out. No difference. I'm not where they're gonna try and chip you freaks. They're they're setting the stage to chip you. Do not let them fucking chip you. I will never be chipped. Uh, I hope I we're wrong. Fucking. I hope we're wrong too. But Matt, we're probably not wrong. They want to chip you. They want to control you. They do not give a fuck about you. They're going to try this shit. They are trying this shit. They're leveraging your fear. Be aware and stand up. Get over the fear. Think clearly and fight for your rights to not be fucking chipped. Shout out to our boy Like Woe. L-I-K-E-W-H-0-A on Twitter who pointed this out to us. We didn't have um, the person from the Texas Citadel that gave us a shout out didn't uh, tell us who he was. It was an anonymous member of the Texas Citadel. I love my Texan Bitcoiners. Hope all is well with you guys down there. This wasn't on the list, but if we're going to keep it optimistic, let's shift back to optimism now. Uh, Parker Lewis who's one of the incredible Texas Bitcoiners out there, uh, wrote an incredible piece last week in his Gradually Then Suddenly series, Bitcoin as a Rally Cry. If you have not read that yet, go read it. Goosebumps. Uh, incredible. Wait, we gotta Matt re- got a little shout-out. Stay humble. You Stay gotta, humble, Stack Sacks. You got to read the last sentence. Can you go back? Can you go read the last sentence for the freaks? Yeah, let me find it. I actually, I actually sent this article to a friend uh, today, so I had the link at hand. Give me... Give me ten seconds and I'll pull it I, up. Um, the last sentence, like just, I read the whole thing. It got me going, but the last sentence just like got me super pumped. Yeah, I'm sure it got you super pumped. Yeah. Um, loading, loading. All right, getting down to it. I mean, part. But anyway, such an I used writer. I used Unchained Capital's caravan this week um, with Keep It Simple Bitcoin and American Hodl, who got into a bet uh, and wanted to make it multi-sig. Um, so then they, they roped me in by tagging me, uh, and I had to give them my opinion. I was like, well, first of all, uh, keep it simple. Bitcoin's bet is like, if it falls under 3,800 by I think October 1st, October 2020, um, he wins. And if it doesn't, then American HODL wins. And I was like, well, first of all, keep it simple. Bitcoin like you, uh, I like you dude, but like, it's just bad bet terms. Um, not only do I not think Bitcoin's going to fall underneath that, um, even if it were to, uh, he has American Hoddle has limited downside, right? Because it's, um, I, I think they bet twenty five million sats each. Uh, it's 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 a limited downside because worst comes to worst, he has to give him Bitcoin at the price of thirty eight fifty. But for keep it simple Bitcoin, like uh, the upside, we don't know what how the price could go to infinity, right? So it's. Uh, it was a poorly skewed bet. So I mentioned that, and then I was like, second of all, both of you guys aren't going to bitch out of the bet. Like, you don't need a, a multi-sig escrow. And then they wrote me into it So, because I responded. So at that point, I was like, we're going to use Caravan uh, because it's way easier than people expect. And we got drunk and recorded the Caravan setup. Uh, so that was a good time. I There was like, yeah. Let's note you shouldn't drink in multi-sig, okay? This is very, very, uh, very immature and 
not uh not responsible irresponsible is the word i was looking for there matt you know yeah you i mean you shouldn't you shouldn't drink in multi-sig but like we we have beer at the bitcoin citadel workshops i think it like loosens people up and gets them less overwhelmed uh we did triple check it on the video as well uh i think you freaks would be surprised at how simple it is uh to use i know i know like if you can get if american hollow can figure it out drunk uh then most people i think can figure it out um and hopefully neither of them bitch out so i don't have to be i don't have to enforce the bet and actually sign with my key um yeah yeah i um i've i've used caravan too it is surprisingly easy and it is comfort inducing it gave me a lot of comfort going through the process and since Matt, uh, describe that. I do have the article in Let's go. gradually, then subtly. I want to read the first sentence first, so you understand the first couple sentences first. So Works for me. Brings more context to the last sentence. If you have not read the piece yet, to the people of Texas and all Americans in the world, in his open call to arms from the Alamo, Lieutenant Lieutenant Colonel William B. Travis began with an expression of America as an idea extending beyond borders to all Americans in the world. It was a plea to all those that valued the fight for liberty and freedom. So that's important context for the last sentence. Now we go to the last sentence. Just a little tease here. We're going to tease the first couple sentences in the last sentence, and then you guys can go read the middle parts if you haven't already. So to all Americans in the world, stay humble, stack sets, and hold the damn line, whatever it takes. All right? Bitcoin is a rally cry. Fuck yes. Let's go. Like I just, and I, I tweeted this out when I tweeted uh, a thread of quotes from the article. It literally made me feel like William Wallace in the, pa- William Wallace, is that him? No, that's, that's, uh, that's uh, Braveheart. Who was he in the Patriot? Who was Mel Gibson? Still Mel Gibson. Who was Mel Gibson in the Patriot? What was his character's name? I don't remember his name, but I know what you're talking about. It's a good movie. Yeah, that last scene. They literally have they literally have a gif of the last scene where he's holding the line. He's like, "Don't retreat, hold the line." It's where my mind went, and that was during the Revolutionary War to get liberty and freedom here on American soil. Bitcoin is a rally cry cry for liberty and freedom around the world protect it at all cost hold the goddamn line motherfuckers shout out to parker parker always gets me bullish but that one got me got me more and then i read that and then i immediately um i did i think right after i read that i did bitcoin 2020 happy hour uh i like with uh, i liked your uh i liked your filibuster even though you got censored he cut it early he cut it early so i I got one last, uh, I had the floor for one last time. Uh, to, I was supposed to say goodbye to everybody, so instead I just started reading the white paper till he muted me. Yeah. That's, uh, well, it is, I mean, that's another externality, positive externality of this quarantine is people meeting online for happy hours. I think uh, that dirtbag Al, even though we fucking hate him, he's a fucking dirtbag. Uh, he's guy. doing Friday happy hours as well. Yeah, some some loser. Um, Uncle Bad Touch is what we called him on the lacrosse f- field. He was very weird. You know, I don't love that Zoom is being used because Zoom is horrible privacy-wise, and uh, it's a Chinese company. Um, Disclaimer, we're using Zoom right now. China, yeah. what's up? But when you're publicly broadcasting, it's okay. 
uh, because it's going to be publicly broadcast anyway, and Zoom does have the best call quality. But in terms of, like, a lot of friends and family are doing, like, happy hours and stuff, um, it's pretty crazy how quick the slide is from happy hours pre-corona. You can do a happy hour with your friends and family, and you don't have, you know, a a screen recording device that's listening to your whole conversation, like transcribing it and shit, storing it forever. Um, Not great. Uh, And then people don't even bat an eye about it. People don't even think about it. No, I know. Well, apparently the CEO of Zoom is trying to save face. They made a bunch of announcements that they're uh, patching uh, bugs that have be- become uh, apparent. And apparently the one thing is like an automatic update function in the package that just allows them to do weird stuff with your camera. So if you are using Zoom uh, and you have to use Zoom for whether it be work or school, highly recommend getting a um, a camera blocker. They sell them on Amazon or pretty cheap. Hopefully tape. Amazon's duct tape works too. And, but uh, I like my little slide. I have a nice slide here. They also have they have a browser. You can use Zoom in the browser, which is better um, instead of having yes. the app installed. Um, there's an app called uh, an open source app, meet.jit.c. It's called Jitsi, J-I-T-S-I. And that works pretty well. I used that with Rodolfo the other day and a couple other Bitcoiners. Um, it is open source, which is nice. Uh, one-to-one chats are encrypted, but group chats are not encrypted. Uh, the are not end-to-end encrypted, so the Jitsi server can see your chats just like uh, Zoom server can. Um, but the one of the fundamental differences with Jitsi is that you can run your own server. So if you're a big company or organization, you can run your own Jitsi server. Um, you know, I like I said before, like there's trade-offs everywhere. Um, Zoom's call quality is fucking fantastic like i don't know what kind of magic they do it's just amazing call quality so i completely understand as we're doing right now like to you in in public broadcast settings when all the talk is getting broadcast anyway um to might as well use it but stuff like this week we saw the uk prime minister was holding a cabinet meeting on zoom like i watched all the james bond movies like, do they not, how do they not have like a proprietary video conferencing tool or something? Like, why are they running it through fucking Chinese servers? How, how is that happening? How is that a thing? How are these people, the people that are supposed to protect our location data and our facial recognition data? Matt, we've been over this. The emperor wears no clothes. The emperor's goddamn naked. That's, yeah. That's what, like, I go back and forth. I'm not going to lie, freak. Sometimes I, uh, I'm, uh, seduced by conspiracy theories, but then you see stuff like this. It's like, uh, actually, I don't want to say conspiracy theories. I want to say outlandish theories. People do conspire. Powerful people do conspire. This has been proven throughout time. But then you see shit like that. It's like, oh, these these guys are fucking incompetent. Like, how would they ever be able to pull off a a mass uh, sort of masking of the world? Some grand master plan. Yeah, I think they're way less. Are they useful idiots? And- they're way less sophisticated than people think, but the you know the people behind the scenes are more sophisticated. Yeah, I uh, whatever. I'm a couple beers deep. I'm gonna say it. I I finally like after years of of hearing 
about them on Twitter, I, I finally like just fell I fell down the QAnon rabbit hole, but just like did some research on what they believe and what they think. They think uh, those in charge are very um, connected and uh, are very well attuned to what's going on and creating a master plan. So be on the lookout for uh, a bunch of pedophiles getting arrested this month. Apparently it's going to happen. We'll see. I can't believe you just brought up QAnon. There's so much bullshit there, Marty. Oh, I know. I'm saying I finally like I've just heard about it peripherally for for so long. We had a whole. I finally like like did some research into what's been going on. We had a whole QAnon discussion on the during the bet that was cut, unfortunately. Really? Uh, And also, what are they saying? Why was it cut? Give me the cut material. There was a part that was cut that w- that I like gave American Auto shit about Trace. Um, I don't know. Keep it simple. Like he likes to keep it simple, so he like keeps it nice and concise. On the which I respect. I respect that. That's fine. Um, I my, yeah. my belief is you know that most of the ninety nine percent of people as especially like the ones QAnon talks about and stuff they're just not sophisticated enough to pull any of this shit off. You know they're. It, it's it's like the idea that that this virus was released as like uh, intentionally released as like a bioweapon. Like it makes way more sense that like the Chinese were just inept and they weren't able to contain it and they tried to cover it up and then our every other government was inept and they couldn't contain it and it got out, you know, and it just started spreading and our medical system couldn't handle it and that there, there didn't, doesn't have to be actual malice behind that for them to then you know, use the crisis to make authoritarian measures. So I, I just, um, that's, you know, where I stand on it. Yeah. And just so anybody is partial to the QAnon theories out there, I do believe there are massive amounts of pedophiles in Hollywood and other places, but I don't know if, uh, if people are lining up to take them down this month, particularly we'll see. Um, Hey, I hope so. I hope those people, what is this? What is this theory? Oh, the theory, the theory is that uh, Trump is quarantining the country as he sets up troops and uh, agents to arrest <laughs> over two hundred thousand pedophiles world, worldwide. Look, we shall see that. I mean, there's plenty of pedophiles. If it came true, I'd be happy. There's there's plenty of pedophiles. Trump is not rounding up the pedophiles. Not gonna happen. He did. He did sign a child protection act. April is like a child protect the children month. Apparently. Um, We'll see. There are some pretty fucked up people in high places, though. And famous people are... Some famous people are very fucked up. But we'll see. That was a two-beer QA non-talk with Marty and Matt. It happened. Matt, how how are you feeling after that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've never... I've never really... To be unfair, I've never really gone down the QAnon rabbit hole. I've just avoided it. Yeah. In this quarantine, I've... I've uh, I've had some extra time on the weekends and it happened over the, over the weekend. I think somebody tagged me in a post. I was like, what the fuck's going on Well, I keep getting tagged in like the event 201 stuff. So. That's, I mean, that should happen. Yeah. But I mean, Bill Gates and a bunch of other people have been screaming about how pandemics are the biggest threat we have. Right. I think even Obama has mentioned it in the past. Like it's, it's been a very common thing. We had the movie contagion just because, 
they were screaming about it, the next step that they planned it and executed it, you know, and released this virus in Wuhan to to run the test is um, that's a big step. There's like a lot of moving parts there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Tucker Carlson had a very good, uh, um, I saw on Twitter, he had a good segment on how the Wuhan virus likely spread. Apparently there was a bunch of scientists from the, from China who wrote a paper in early February and said, Hey, it was likely, um, likely got loose from the Wuhan virology center or some other Wuhan disease center, uh, by the wet markets where, uh, this, uh, virus started, but it was, it was probably, it just, it wasn't malicious. It got accidentally released. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It's just of, incompetence. Yeah. You know, I mean, they might have been malicious. They might have been weaponizing shit, right? Like, I wouldn't put that past them. But then it, it, they probably fucked it up and got released accidentally. Or there was just poor yeah. poor sanitary conditions in Wuhan, a city of 11 million people. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah, know. That was, Either way, you can't prove it. That was a recommendation from... Uh, the team that wrote this this paper was like, "Hey, if you're going to be experimenting with the shut, you should this shit. You should do it in a remote area, probably hundreds of miles away from uh, a city with the density of Wuhan." Um, but back to child sex trafficking. We've tried to stay optimistic, but it's here. Uh, there was actually a really good thread, like on how, like I do, because this is something I'm passionate about as a new father and somebody who thinks is probably one of the most evil things that could ever happen in the world is. Uh, destroying the innocence of a child there actually was a really good thread on how to go about uncovering and actually going after these people by a larry sanger um so i'll share that in the show notes as well um and he basically admits yeah this stuff child sex trafficking violates is a horrible reality and he outlines the case for this claim basically going into epstein and all the weird connections he has with a lot of elites or he had is he alive is he Dead? Well, Who knows? I'll agree um, with QAnon on that. Like Epstein didn't kill himself. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. No, he definitely didn't kill himself. Definitely. Um, but these are things like the Catholic Church definitely done as a Catholic. Like it's fucking happened. The Catholic Church, Pedowood, underage groupies, Jimmy Saville, Rotterdam, CPS disappearances, the Kinsey Institute, John of God. These are all actual instances where child trafficking has probably happened. And there's a calculated and uh, level-headed way to to uh, sort of go after these people, hopefully. Um, should we switch yeah, to something a that should be taken note? care of? Yeah, hopefully uh, the world wakes up to uh, to the elite pedophiles and we arrest them all. That's positive, right? No, I, yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. I hope so too. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Um, yeah, we talked about it yesterday on the podcast that we dropped with Rodolfo. CoinKite has began selling power-only magnetic USB cables. We didn't talk about this. We didn't? Oh, this is not the cold power. No, this is separate. Now he's selling cables, too. I think, I, I, I like to think we're part of the inspiration because when we first talked about cold power on RHR, I was like, you still gotta make sure you don't get a bum cable 
uh, that's actually pulling data. So now they're now they have power only cables as well, so you can get the full package. This is a magnetic power only cable with three X micro USB, or the package is three micro USB adapters. Power your cold car with confidence that the data lines are not connected. Leave micro USB adapter attached and then easily magnetically snap it into place as needed. A port saver. Shout out to Rodolfo. Just pushing products. I dig it. Um, another positive note, Binance released on their blog a... It was a blog about CoinJoin and custodial mixers. Um, and they made a clear distinction between custodial mixing and coin joining, uh, which is what we love to see here at Tales from the Crypt. Are they uh, are they going to implement that in their practices? Or are they just uh, pandering to the crowd? Binance is a big company. Uh, Binance Singapore was the one who was doing that original flagging. Um, and... They did open up that guy's account eventually. It was a KYC account. It was fiat to Bitcoin. Um, it was that fixed fee address on Wasabi. Uh, so we'll see how they proceed going forward. But they're a big company. This is like part of their, you know, uh, education portal, which, you know, you probably shouldn't be using Binance's education portal anyway. But I'm just, it's just good to see from, you know, a, a major exchange blog. The, the clear distinction. It was very positive towards CoinJoin. Let me put it that way. Yeah. No, I read it. It was positive, but I hope they, they implement that in practice. And for any freaks that are curious out there, I have been sending my UTXOs straight from Cash App to CoinJoin wallets without any problem. So at least up till now, Cash App is uh, is good on that. We will we will keep you informed if that ever changes. I really, um, really hope that doesn't that change. Well, as always, you know, best to get without KYC. But if you're going to KYC, Cash App's pretty great. Yeah, BISC is a good alternative if you don't want to KYC. Um, check them out. They've been BISC has been making some good strides too. They just got added. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah, we did. Did we talk about uh, the Liquid Federation getting expanded last week? We did not. Okay, and it wasn't BISC. It was just Wiz. Yeah, uh, who Wiz got added just, to the. There's like a bunch of institutions, and now there's Wiz there as well. Yeah. So yeah, the we'll see the, how it plays out. The Liquid Federation got expanded by ten companies. Um, and Wiz. So. And Wiz, but I think he had to start. I think it's technically Wiz's company that's part of it. But Wiz LLC. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just funny. Uh, and then, did I see Liquid Volume or? Not volume, like uh, BTC locked in liquid surpassed Lightning recently. Yeah, but like if you, well, Lightning public channels. Uh, not that there's, mm-hmm. you know, probably that, you know, it, they'll probably surpass it really soon if they haven't already, private channels as well. Um, you know, if you're a federation member of, of liquid, uh, the trust model of locking up a ton of Bitcoin in there isn't horrible for you. Um, so it, it, it leads you to believe that there'll be more Bitcoin locked up in there to begin with anyway, you know, because, uh, lightning is actually a permissionless system and, and, uh, liquid isn't. 
So the trust model is a little bit different. But for federation members, like the actual guys deciding the consensus, um, that trust model is probably superior in terms of keeping large amounts uh, in the system instead of with Lightning. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so things, again, under the radar. We didn't even talk about that. We've been so consumed with uh, COVID-19 and the reaction to that virus from our governments. But it seems like Bitcoiners are building. Bitcoiners are expanding their reach. Like for Um, me, the average user, I just want to go back here. For me, the average user, I'm more comfortable with my funds on Lightning um, where I can get out of Lightning whenever I want and close on chain um, than I am with Liquid where I need permission to peg out. Um, But if you're if you're an individual federation member and you're part of that whole organization, you know, that runs liquid, uh, you get, you get a bunch of advantages, uh, as long as you trust your counterparties, which I assume you kind of do if you enter that kind of legal agreement with them or you're, you're setting up this federated network, um, in terms of like, you know, you don't have to keep your wallet always online and, and watching and, and, and making sure that someone's not going to broadcast a bad state on you, like with lightning. Um, and you don't have, you don't have the issues with channels and stuff like that because you're, you're basically locking it up in a custodial multi-sig, but you're one of the custodians. Yeah. Yeah. The variety of options is expanding. Um, and the Federation on liquid is growing. I personally probably never use liquid. I'm not a trader. I do not, move as much bitcoin as the the exchanges and entities in that federation i've personally don't have any use for it at the moment as somebody who's a humble humble stacks stack god damn it i'm a humble sat stacker there we go well i always say stack satter i don't know why it's a lot of people Um, make that mistake it's liquid's pretty cool for if you're gonna like if you're an end you the only time i see it being really useful for like an end user not a trader at least right now is like if you're trying to like, like coin joining? No, I, I, there's no coin join clients. Um, and you still have to deal with timing. It, it might, there, might, there might be something interesting there because they do have confidential transactions. Um, so if there was a coin join client, I would be intrigued to see you know, how that plays out. But the problem is you got to be able to get in and out without KYC and without timing analysis, even if you do the coin join, because you're not going to want to keep your funds in liquid. Um, so the, the bigger use case I see is you know, you can hold Tether and Green Wallet through Liquid, right? And you can send it like pretty much instantly. Um, and Tether, you have to trust Tether. And if you're trusting Tether, that means you're trusting Bitfinex. Bitfinex is one of the Federation members of Liquid. So it doesn't really, it doesn't, if you're holding Tether anyway, which I would never do, uh, it doesn't hurt the trust model of Tether. You might, you know, you might as well use it on Liquid instead of Ethereum. Or Omni token on Bitcoin. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense, especially if you can use it confidentially, like you just said. So you can old, why not? You can have your Tether Gold in your green wallet. On the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have no use for that either. Um, but like we said yesterday, I mean, some obviously a lot of people have use for it. Tether uh, creation and volume has increased significantly um, over the last six months. But that uh, makes this sense is one thing right? I added. That makes sense to you, right? Why? 
Because look, uh, the dollar is yeah, I mean, stronger, right? Everyone around the world is rushing into the dollar. So places that don't have access to U.S. dollars but have access to Tether would do the same thing, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Though, with that being said, the volume on people seeking safety in dollars, like the overall volume to the actual Tether volume is probably minuscule. I mean, there's like $9 billion, I think, overall in stable coins. Tether making up $8 billion. I could be completely wrong on that, but off the top of my head, I think that's what I heard most recently. Um, $8 billion in safety in dollars is minuscule in the grand scheme of things with all the money that's being printed and uh, assets that are being bought, which is actually very good. There's, but it there's is $6 billion in Tether. It, $6 billion. Yeah. $8 billion overall. Uh, for stable coins oh yeah that sounds that about right yeah so i was off by a little bit um but it's a good segue into the last topic i threw in at the end here um mmt is here H- howard marks is a uh a very well respected investor puts out a very great monthly letter in his most recent letter um for oak tree capital he said, possibly without serious vetting and a conscious decision to adopt it, modern monetary theory is here. Whether we like it or not, we'll get to see its impact much quicker than I had thought. Um, and this is true. You, you see Trump came out this week. He wants to do tr- $2 trillion in uh, infrastructure spending. And then also, mo- most importantly, the, the merging of the Federal Reserve and the Treasury has happened behind the scenes. Like it's, It hasn't been really talked about in the mainstream media, but... There is no division between the Treasury and the Fed anymore. The Fed is uh, completely uh, taken over by the Treasury, basically, at this point. And that's what monetary theory is, is that the government can just print money and pay for it in the future. Uh, They can just print money out of thin air and service it via fiscal policy or uh, hopefully a return on the investment created by that uh, that ensues after that money creation. I'm highly skeptical that either will be successful, but whether we like it or not, it's here. Yep. Unfortunately, it seems that's the trajectory that plus surveillance state. Could end it on a positive note. Conspiracy Marty coming out here. (laughs) I've been saying, I've said it a lot on Twitter and on the airwaves. I think Trump's an accelerationist. Like him screaming at Powell on Twitter uh, about going negative, about printing more money, lowering interest rates again, taking them negative in in some tweets. Uh, I think maybe he sees the writing on the wall and wants to return us to a gold standard because if you look at his Twitter history in the early half of this decade before he became president, he was very much... Uh, an advocate for the gold standard. He owns a lot of gold in all of his houses. We know he's enamored with gold. Uh, I don't think a gold standard would be as advantageous as a Bitcoin standard, but if I was were an accelerationist in the White House, the merging of the Fed and the Treasury would would be a step towards accelerating the, the demise and delegitimization of a system that you want to do away with. That's a... That's a, that's a don't, I'm not saying that's happening. That theory is out there. It would be funny if Trump is an accelerationist and he does have a master plan about all this. Marty's responding to my face. I, uh, you know, I want to believe. I just, I, 
It could also be explained by him just wanting the stock market to go up so he gets reelected. No, yeah. Exactly. Show me the incentives and I'll show you the outcome. Yeah. But hopefully he owns Bitcoin. I think he owns Bitcoin, so that lines up with your theory. Don Jr. definitely probably does. Um, Kushner On behalf of Don Sr. Definitely. Um, But the... uh, Sorry, I just had somebody interrupt right there. The... uh, yeah, the incentives of the system are such that he needs to keep it afloat to get reelected. Uh, he needs to keep it afloat so people don't lose their jobs, so he doesn't have chaos. Six million jobless. Regime, so we didn't talk about that. Six point six today. Note to talk about. Yeah, how much? How much do you think that was of employers just cutting employees loose, knowing that they would get unemployment? And well, that's the problem, right? That's part of the problem is that is that everyone just looks for the handout. They just immediately, they don't, it's like when you have uh, like a parent do all the work for the kid all the time, then the kid never does any work, right? His incentives are all misaligned. I was thinking about that too myself, like um, where they just like, they fire their employees and like they email them the like ways to access the unemployment benefits. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's, also, yeah, our fucking economy is shut down, right? Or Like a lot of people yeah. fucking hurting. A lot of small business is going to go under. A lot of medium business is going to go under. The investment real estate market is fucking getting skewered. And that's like, that's a slow moving market. Like it's going to be hard to recover from that type of situation or people not paying their rents, people not paying... There's leverage through the whole system. You know, you got you got tenants living paycheck to paycheck. You have restaurants, you know, working month to month just to meet their bills. Then you have the landlords. They're all levered up like motherfuckers. Um, so you just spring on like all of a sudden out of nowhere a month of economic downtime. And we were already in a house of cards. And who the fuck knows who, you know, people go into panic mode, rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, Airbnb's like the the striking example of that right now is you have a lot of people on Airbnb who went out and got a bunch of mortgages levered up to the gills, uh, expecting to make rent income and on these properties uh, into perpetuity, and then you have this, and you're having a an Airbnb renter strike. I believe Airbnb stepped in yesterday and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna help." help you guys out a little bit but who knows how much that venture capital spec startup can can weather uh with the gravity of the situation that's going on right now but yeah like you said it's highlighting systemic risks throughout the system like there are it seems we were talking about this before we hit record it seems like there's a bunch of rent strikes even with people that can afford their rent um right now which is i don't know how i feel about that there's like people just leaving the city and just like abandoning their apartments like people I mean, think the jobless numbers are crazy now. Wait till they see when the crisis, when this all subsides and we start getting back to normal, the vacancy rate is going to be insane. It's going to be absolutely insane. And that's a, that's a process. You know, it takes months to rent apartments months, year. Sometimes it takes years to rent a store, like a storefront, like all the storefronts. You're going to walk down like second Avenue in the city and it's just going to be empty storefronts, just like for rent, for rent, for rent. How, how, how does that turn into a V shape? 
bottom. Like it's not like the market is completely disconnected from reality right now. None of this shit is priced in. It's just completely. Dude, the fucking stock market rallied on the six point six million unemployed number. It doesn't make any fucking sense, right? It, like, kind of makes sense when you mix in like fucking trillions of dollars, government spending. You but the trillions mean, of dollars don't mean shit if people literally can't go spend them. Preaching to the choir, Marty. I know. I, it's it's pretty crazy thing to watch. I just I just feel for my fellow humans out there struggling. You know. Yeah, there are better days ahead. We can get away from this. We need to get away from this. We cannot keep kicking the can down the road. We need to revert, in my opinion, to a sound money standard to, again, that's what I said yesterday in the newsletter. Show me the incentives and I'll show you the outcome. And Matt basically just described what I wrote about in the, in the newsletter. Like it, it, When you have a levered up economy, and I focused on the housing market particularly, uh, the incentives are to lever up, try to try to get as much property land grabbed as possible, rent those spaces out and get income on that, but you're still over levered. You're forced into the market to chase yield. Uh, but as soon as you have a hiccup, uh, the system's going to implode. And the incentives are such now where after 2008, particularly where the government and the Fed stepped in and bailed everybody out, everybody's going to take these obscene risks in these markets because they expect the bailout. But the bailouts are not going to like the bailouts are not going to have the the power that they had in the past. Like at some point, you can't keep doing this. Like it's just modern monetary theory. We're like Howard Mark said, we're we're experimenting with it now. It doesn't make any fucking sense. People that believe in modern monetary theory are idiots, in my opinion. Like you have to get back to a semblance of reality and connection to the real world and productivity. And the best way to do that is to create a sound money standard with a legitimate pricing mechanism that again, incentivizes less risk. You're not, there's still going to be debt. There's still going to be people taking risk, but it's going to be more calculated risk. And hopefully uh, the, the uh, ramifications of people failing when they take risk are less systemic than they are today. That bike metaphor is the best metaphor. It like lined up perfectly. Right. You got to keep going forward. All of a sudden, two weeks of downtime and just bam, the stick goes Fall right over. to the tire. Break your back. And you're fucked. Ugh. All right. That's a positive note we're going to end it on. Uh, shout out to our friends in the Texas Citadel for your shout out. Very much appreciate it. We love you guys. I don't I have no idea who you are. We love all you freaks. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love.